Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. That's a quarterly put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church in Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter is stumbling blocks, and to speak on it, we read the words of Thomas Brooks. Thomas Brooks, who lived from 1608 to 1680, an English nonconformist Puritan preacher and advocate of congregationalism. Romans 15.1 is his text. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. His message is entitled, Strong Saints, Weak Saints. Those that are strong ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak. We then that are strong, says the apostle, should not be pleasing ourselves. The word that is rendered to bear signifies to bear as pillars do bear the weight and burden of the house, to bear as porters do bear their burdens, as the bones do bear the flesh, or, or rather as parents bear their babes in their arms. Bear the infirmities. Mark, he doth not say the enormities, but the infirmities. He doth not say the wickedness, but the weakness. The strong ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak. The Lord bears with the weakness of his children. Peter is weak and sinful through weakness. He will not let the Lord Jesus wash his feet. But the Lord Jesus, knowing that this was from weakness and not from wickedness, passes it over. And notwithstanding Peter's unkind refusal, the Lord washes his feet. Thomas is very weak. I will not believe, he says, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. Now, this Christ bears with much tenderness and sweetness, as you see in verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, and I'm in John chapter 20, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. The Lord Jesus doth, as it were, open his wounds afresh. He overlooks Thomas's weakness. Well, saith he, seeing it is so that thou wilt not believe, I will rather bleed afresh than thou should die in thy unbelief. So the three disciples that Christ had singled out to watch with him one hour showed a great deal of weakness. To be sleeping when their Lord was sorrowing, to be snoring when their Savior was sighing, and yet Christ bears this, carries it sweetly towards them, and excuses their weakness. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, how sweetly doth the Lord carry it! Every new man is two men. He hath a contrary principle in him, the flesh and the spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak and wayward. Now, shall the Lord thus bear with his weak ones, and shall not strong saints bear also? Remember, strong Christians, there was a day when you were weak as others, as apt to fall as others, as easily conquered as others. And if then the Lord carried it sweetly towards you, let the same spirit be in you towards those that are weak. It will be no grief of heart to you if in this you act like your Lord and Savior. If you do not bear with the infirmities of the weak, who shall? Who will? This wicked world cannot, nor will not. 
The world will make them transgressors for a word and watch for their halting. Therefore, you had need to bear with them so much the more. The world's cruelty should stir up your compassions. It is the duty of strong saints to deny themselves in things indifferent, to please the weak. Wherefore, if meat or food make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth lest I make my brother to offend. Strong saints must stand unchangeably resolved neither to give offense carelessly, nor to take offense causelessly. Says the apostle, I will not stand to dispute my Christian liberty, but will lay it down at my weak brother's feet. I will not use it to offend one for whom Christ hath died. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. That is, I condescend, and I condescended, and I went to the uttermost that I possibly could, without sin, to win and gain upon the weak. I displeased myself in things that were of an indifferent nature to please them. Thou oughtest not, O strong Christian, by the use of thy Christian liberty, ought not to put a stumbling block before thy weak brother. We then that are, are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. He doth not say, let every one of us please uh, the lust of his neighbor, but let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Let us in things of an indifferent nature so yield as to please our neighbor. There were some who thought that they might observe days. Others thought they might not. Some thought they might eat meat. Others thought they might eat only herbs. Why, saith the apostle, in these things that are of indifferent nature... I will rather displease and deny myself to profit my neighbor that I will, by the use of my liberty, occasion my neighbor to offend. Aye, this is true Christian love indeed. For a man to cross himself to please his neighbor, so it may be for his soul's edification. But this heavenly love is driven almost out of the world which causeth men to dislike those things in others which they flatter in themselves. Another duty incumbent upon strong saints is to support the weak. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 Look, what the crutch is to the lame, and the beam of the house is to the ruinated house, strong saints ought to be that to the weak. Strong saints are to be crutches to the weak. They are to be, as it were, beams to bear up the weak. Strong saints are to set to their shoulder to shore up the weak by their counsels, prayers, tears, and examples. Strong saints must not deal by the weak as the herd of deer do by the wounded deer. They forsake it and push it away. Oh no, when a poor weak saint is wounded by a temptation or by the power of some corruption, 
Then they that are strong ought to succor and support such a one, lest he be swallowed up of sorrow. When you that are strong see a weak saint staggering and reeling under a temptation or affliction, oh, no, it is then your duty to put both your hands underneath to support him, that he faints not, that he miscarries not in such an hour. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. Strengthen the weak hands, that is, hands that hang down, and confirm the feeble knees, that is, such knees that by reason of feebleness are ready to fall. Strengthen such, that is, encourage them by casting in a promise, by casting in thy experiences, or by casting in the experiences of other saints, that so they may be supported. It may be his case was once thine. If so, then tell him what promises did support thee, what discoveries of God did uphold thee. Tell him what tastes, what sights, and what incomes thou hadst, and how bravely thou didst bear up by the strength of his everlasting arms that were under thee, and so on. Another duty that is incumbent upon strong saints is to take heed of making weak saints halt and go lame in a way of holiness, or of keeping them off from the ways of God, or of turning them out of the ways of God. That is the meaning of the scripture in Luke 17, too, as I conceive. And it says, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for their angels do always behold the face of my Father. You are apt to slight them because they are weak in grace and holiness, and, and so you are apt to cause them to halt. But take heed of this. They have glistering courtiers that do attend them. Therefore, take heed that you do not offend them, for their angels, as so many champions, stand ready to right them and fight for them. A man was better to offend and anger all the devils in hell and all the witches in the world than to anger and offend the least of Christ's little ones. If Cain do but look on with anger or displeasure upon Abel, God will arraign him for it. Why is thy countenance fallen, he says. If Miriam does but mutter against Moses, God will spit in her face for it. That's a very dreadful word. Take heed how you offend one of these little ones. You make nothing of it, but saith Christ, take heed. For it were better that a millstone were hanged about your neck, a huge millstone, as the Greek word signifies, such a one as a donkey can but turn about and cast into the middle of the sea. So it is word for word in the Greek, the middle being deepest and furthest off from the shore, rendering his estate most miserable and irrecoverable. He's speaking there of a comment that biblical scholar Jerome mentioned that the greatest malefactors among the Jews were put to this kind of punishment in those days. It is your duty to labor to strengthen weak saints against sin and to draw them to holiness argumentatively. When a strong saint comes to deal with one that is weak, 
and would strengthen him against sin. He must do it argumentatively. And when he would draw no to holiness, he must do it argumentatively. First John 2, 1 and 2, compared with First John 1, 7 and 9. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. What things were those he wrote? Look at First John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses from all sin. Hence, he fenceth them against sin by one of the strongest and choicest arguments that the whole book of God affords, by an argument that is drawn from the soul's communion with God. And then, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If any man sin, he says, we have an advocate with the Father. Here the apostle labors to strengthen weak saints argumentatively, even by the strongest arguments that the whole book of God affords. And so in verses 12, 13 in 1 John 1, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And in verse 18, little children, it is the last time. As you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And in verse 28, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. You see in all these scriptures how the apostle labors to strengthen weak saints in a way of holiness and to fence them against ways of wickedness argumentatively. And so must you. This is the ready way to convince them and to make a conquest upon them. Another duty that lies upon strong saints is to cast a mantle over the infirmities of the weak. Now, there's a threefold mantle that should be cast over them. There is a mantle of wisdom, a mantle of faithfulness, and a mantle of compassion, which is to be cast over all the infirmities of weak saints. First, strong saints are to cast a mantle of wisdom over the infirmities of weak saints. They're not to present their sins in that ugliness and with such aggravations as may terrify and sink, as may make a, a weak saint to despair, as may drive him from the mercy seat, as may keep him and Christ asunder, or as may unfit him for the discharge of religious duty. It is, is more a weakness than a virtue in strong Christians when a weak saint is fallen to aggravate his fall to the uttermost and to present his sins in such a dreadful dress as, as shall amaze him. It often proves very prejudicial and dangerous to weak saints when their infirmities are aggravated beyond scripture grounds and beyond what they are able to bear. He that shall lay the same strength to the rubbing of an earthen dish as he does to the rubbing of a pewter platter instead of clearing it shall surely break it to pieces. The application is easy. 
Secondly, there is a mantle of faithfulness that is to be cast over the infirmities of weak saints. A man should never discover the infirmities of a weak saint, especially to such that have neither skill nor will to heal and bury them. The world will but blaspheme and blaze them abroad to the dishonor of God, to the reproach of religion, and to the grief and scandal of the weak. They will, with ham, call upon others to scoff at them, than to bring a mantle to cover them. For example, Ham was uh, cursed for that he did discover his father's nakedness to his brethren, when it was in his power to have covered it. He saw it and might have drawn a curtain over it, but would not. And for this, by a spirit of prophecy, he was cursed by his father. This age is full of such monsters that rejoice to blaze abroad the infirmities of the saints, and justice has or will certainly curse these. Thirdly, there is a mantle of compassion that must be cast over the weaknesses and infirmities of weak saints. When a weak man comes to see his sin, and the Lord gives him to lie down in the dust and to take shame and confusion to himself, that he hath dishonored God and caused Christ to bleed afresh and grieved the Spirit, Oh, now thou must draw a covering and cast a mantle of love and compassion over his soul that he may not be swallowed up with sorrow. Now thou must confirm thy love to him and carry it with as great tenderness and sweetness after his fall as if he had never fallen. This the apostle presses. Love, says the wise man, covereth all sins. Love's mantle is very large. Love claps a plaster upon every sore. Love has two hands and makes use of both to hide the scars of weak saints. Christ, O strong saints, cast the mantle of his righteousness over your weaknesses. And will not you cast the mantle of love over your brother's infirmities? It is the duty of strong saints to sympathize with the weak, to rejoice with them, when they rejoice, to mourn with them when they mourn. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is scandalized or offended and I am not on fire or burn not? Second Corinthians eleven twenty nine. He quotes one named Thuanus, an author of the day, reports of Lodovicus Marsacus, a, a knight of France when he was led with other martyrs that were bound with cords, going to execution. And he, for his dignity, was not bound. He cried, Give me my chains too. Let me be a knight of the same order. It should be between a strong saint and a weak, as it is between two lute strings, guitar strings, that are tuned one to another. No sooner is one struck, but the other trembles. No sooner should a weak saint be struck, but the strong should tremble. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them. And lastly, it is the duty of the strong to give to the weak the honor that is due unto them. They have the same name, the same baptism, the same profession, the same faith, the same hope, the same Christ, the same promises, the same dignity, and the same glory with you. Therefore, speak honorably of them. Carry it honorably towards them. 
Let not them be under your feet that Christ has laid near his heart. That's from Thomas Brooks, the complete works of Thomas Brooks. It's in the public domain and used, of course, by permission. I ask that you look around the site when you have a moment and see that there will be other things that might just bless you. This um, article, this whole booklet, is actually available to you in the Free Grace Broadcaster. If you'd like to have this periodical sent to you every three months, just send an email to chapel at mountzion.org. Chapel at mountzion.org. And they've got a whole bunch of other free things, too, that will truly bless you. Well, as I said, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on December the 13th, 2022. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.